Welcome to the Mid-City Church Sermon Cast. Right now, we're in a series called The Way of Evangelism, where we're talking about the story of the woman at the well and learning how we can share our faith in a life-giving way. Get ready, because the Sermon Cast begins now. So I was scrolling through social media the other day, and I came across a BuzzFeed article that was titled, Passengers Sing Christian Music on Plane. Now, you may not know this about me, but back when I lived in Oklahoma, I used to be a worship leader. And so when I read this article, this, this title of Passengers Seeing Christian Music on Plane, I was intrigued, so I had to click on it. So let me tell you all the details in case you haven't heard of this story. So according to the article and a follow-up TikTok video uh, recorded by one of the guys that was on the plane, there was a group of people who were on their way to Ukraine to help with the growing refugee crisis. Now, mid-flight, they explained to one of the flight attendants uh, who they were, what they were about to do and they asked if they could sing a song. So the flight attendant then spoke to the pilot, and the pilot agreed to let them sing a song halfway through the flight, up 30,000 feet in the air, which led to this moment. Check it out. Mid-flight, 3,000 feet in the air, one of the passengers pulled out his guitar and just started singing a song called How Great Is Our God. Now, by the looks of it, most people seem to have enjoyed the moment. There were people recording and others singing along, but there were also some people in that video who seemed really annoyed, particularly uh, one of the people that was like right in front of the guy playing the guitar. Now, to be honest, I'm not too entirely sure how I would feel or, or how I would have felt. On the one hand, I'm a Christian, I love that song, and I would have probably been a little jealous that I wasn't the one playing guitar. But on the other hand, if it had been any other genre of music other than Christian or country music, I would have probably gotten very annoyed at those darn kids, right, ruining my flight. So uh, what about you? What, what, how would you have felt in that moment? How would you have reacted in that moment? As you may have guessed, not everyone was amused by this video, and the comments are pure gold. But there was one in particular that I found very interesting, and here's what it says. This user said, some people want to relax, sleep, and enjoy their flight in peace and relative quiet, and not have a bunch of people screaming about their religion. Not everyone is Christian, nor do they want to be. That's pretty blunt, right? Honestly, most of the comments I read revolved around that same rhetoric. People viewed these uh, quote-unquote kids as evangelists who were trying to force their religion on others, and, and, and most people seemed pretty upset about it. And, and to be fair, they aren't entirely wrong. See, maybe it's just me, but the idea of pulling out my guitar, singing my favorite Christian songs, and having others join around me, I mean, that, that sounds like a pretty cool idea. But the idea of doing that, pulling out my guitar in an enclosed public space, like a train or a plane or a bus, seems weird and a bit disrespectful of the other passengers, right? Don't you agree? And I, I would never, ever, 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 ever want to share my faith in that way. But here's the deal. Just because scenarios like this make us feel uncomfortable, it does not mean that we get to rid ourselves of our Christian obligation and our Christian call to go out into this world and share our faith with others. 
See, I think that the most selfish thing that we as Christians can ever do is to develop a relationship with Jesus and then keep Jesus all to ourselves, right? The, the, the most selfish thing we can do is to allow Jesus to transform our lives, to do something special in our lives, and then never invite others to experience the same, right? We have to share our faith with others. That's just part of discipleship. That's part of what it means uh, to have a relationship with Jesus. Now, let me be clear, though. How we share our faith, how we evangelize, changes everything. See, the way that we share our faith with others, it has the ability to help people draw either closer to Jesus or walk completely away from Jesus, which is why it's so important that when we share our faith, that we do, uh, we do so in a, a sound biblical way. And that's our task at hand. For the next three weeks, we're going to dive into the story of the Samaritan woman or the woman at the well. And we're going to take a closer look at what a sound biblical approach to sharing our faith looks like. Because I believe that she does this. She gives us an example of what it looks like to, to uh, have a sound, uh, to share our faith through a sound biblical um, um, lens. So before we begin... I want to do, uh, I want to say this. My guess is that not all of you have heard this story before. So let me give you a quick recap of, of this story of the woman at the well. So in the Gospel of John, which is the fourth gospel in the Bible, we read a story of Jesus traveling from Judea, which was in the south, uh, south of Israel, up to Galilee, which was in the north. And smack dab in the middle was a region called Samaria. Now, the easiest way to make uh, this journey was to go just straight north, right? Uh, through Samaria. But Jews and Samaritans did not get along. There had been a lot of conflict between the two for, for many years, and tensions were always high, which meant that many Jews who were going from the south to the north would do everything possible to avoid Samaria. And so they would go around, either on the east or on the west, and they would just go around. And so um, this just kind of became a, a normal practice, even though it would add days uh, sometimes for people's travel. But in our story, in the Gospel of John, Jesus chooses to go against these social norms. And so instead, he makes his way straight north to Galilee by walking, by traveling through Samaria. Now, one day as they're traveling, Jesus decides to stop at a well in the city of Sychar. Um, and, and here's what happens next. This is from John chapter 4, uh, verses 7 through 26. It says, A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying it to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well and with his sons and his flock drank from it? Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give them will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go. Call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. 
Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. And Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Now, I think that this story is, uh, this story about the Samaritan woman is such a beautiful story. And if it was hard for you to follow along, I really recommend you go back and you read it on your own. It's, uh, again, uh, John chapter 4, verses 7 through 26. And uh, here, here's why I think this, this story is so beautiful. Before she goes and tells anybody about her faith, before she goes and invites people to have a relationship with Jesus, uh, which eventually she does, and that'll be a topic for the next two weeks. But for this week, before she goes and shares her faith with anyone, she develops a faith of her own. See, she gets to know Jesus for herself. And after a lengthy conversation with Jesus about living water and the right place to worship, and even a conversation about her own past, she realized exactly who she is talking to. She's talking to Jesus, right? The Messiah. She says this, the one who would come to bring about heaven on earth. She, she develops her own faith first. See, I think the biggest mistake that we all too often make when sharing our faith with others is that we don't take time to get to know Jesus first. We don't take time to deepen our own faith first. Instead, we go out and we share with people experiences rather than our faith. Um, let me explain what I mean by that. I told you that when I was in college, I was a worship leader. And one of the places that I would regularly lead worship was at my campus ministry. Now, it was a lot of fun, and I have a lot of great memories doing that. But I have to admit something to you. Whenever I was leading worship, I was always inviting people to come to worship. And most times, our crowd would be a little bit bigger than usual. Not, not by much, but, but a little bit. But in retrospect, here's what I've learned about myself during those days. See, all of those times when I invited people to join me in worship, they had nothing to do with me wanting them to deepen their own faith. The reality is that the only reason I really invited them to come to worship was because I wanted to show off my ability to lead worship, right? So to put it more bluntly, let me say it this way. I wasn't trying to share my faith. I simply wanted to show off. You see, if we share our faith without getting to know Jesus first, then uh, all we are really sharing with people is an experience, right? All we're sharing with people is time with us, uh, time when we can showcase our talents, uh, showcase our friendships, our small groups, maybe even the hospitality that our church provides, right? When, when, when we don't have a relationship with Jesus, what we invite people to encounter is just stuff. But those things don't bring about deep transformation in our lives. Those things don't bring about peace and hope and love and joy and forgiveness. Only Jesus does. Which means that if we're going to share our faith with others, we must first get to know Jesus. We must first have a relationship with Jesus because when we share our faith, we don't, we don't need to share experiences. We need to share Jesus with the world. And it's impossible to share something, or in this case, someone whom we do not know. So how do we do this? How do we get to know Jesus? I think the, the Samaritan woman gives us three things that we can do in this text. So here they are. In verse 10, verse 10, 
Jesus is offering this woman living water. And then the woman says this. She says, sir, you don't even have a bucket and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water, right? She questions what Jesus has to say. See, the first thing she does in order to have a relationship with Jesus, in order to deepen her faith, to have her own faith, is that she's willing to question Jesus. See, I'm a firm believer that true, deep faith comes with questions and wrestling and doubt. You should never take what people tell you about Jesus' face value. Make time to actually question what you hear so that you can fully understand for yourself and not just repeat the things that other people have to say. So question Jesus. Question the things you've heard about Jesus. Question the ideas you have about Jesus so that you can begin to have your own understanding of who Jesus is. The second thing she does is that she is honest and vulnerable with Jesus. As they begin to talk about her life in verse 16, she admits to Jesus that she is currently that she currently has no husband. And we get the sense that she's living with someone, but the guy's not her husband. And so uh, a lot of scholars take this and assume uh, horrible things about this woman. But but here's what happens, and here's why I love this story. What's beautiful about this moment is that Jesus doesn't shame this woman or even question her life choices. Through the rest of their encounter, Jesus just extends grace to this woman. Yes, you've had five different husbands. Okay, whatever. He extends grace. He, he offers her the good news that he's offered everybody else. See, when we are honest and vulnerable with Jesus, we realize that Jesus looks at us and says, you're loved, you're accepted, you're welcome." We have to be willing to be honest and vulnerable if we want to deepen our relationship, if we want to have a faith of our own. The third thing we have to do in order to deepen our faith is that we have to learn to trust and believe in Jesus' mission. And, and above that, we have, to, we have to know that it's actually coming to life in our life. So let me explain. In verse 25, the woman says this, I know that the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us, right? So she knows about Jesus, right? She's, she's been able to develop this throughout the years. But then Jesus says, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. See, in that moment, she fully realized what Jesus had come to do. And in my opinion, uh, she, was, uh, she realized that the mission was coming to life in her own life, right? She had heard these things about Jesus, but as she deepened her faith, she realized, oh, all these things are true because they're happening in my own life, right? Does that, does that make sense? See, up to this point, she had heard about Jesus' mission, but now she was seeing it actually come to life. And friends, we have to do the same. If we want to deepen our relationship with Jesus, right, we have to understand what Jesus' mission is. And then we have to intentionally look at our lives and realize that it's actually coming to life right in front of us. And then and only then will we be able to go out into the world and share our faith with others. We have to question Jesus. We have to be honest and vulnerable. And we have to take time to see Jesus' mission play out in our own lives. Now, don't get me wrong. Sharing our faith is of utmost importance. It really is. And we're going to talk about the next couple weeks. But we must first develop a faith that we can share with others. My hope is that through the next couple of days, you will begin to question Jesus. You will begin to be honest and vulnerable with Jesus. And that you may even see Jesus' mission coming to life in your own life. And I promise you that if we can do this first... I truly believe that we can then begin to go out into this world and share our faith with others. And in doing so, we will help bring about the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven now. But that is a topic for next week. I'll see you then.
I hope you found this sermon to be meaningful and relevant to your life. If you'd like to dive deeper, I invite you to visit midcity.church slash sermoncast and click on the current sermon series. There you can find a home sheet for this sermon that includes the scriptures that we talked about, questions to wrestle with, and a challenge to live out this week. While you're on the website, if you'd like to make a financial contribution to our ministry here at Mid-City Church, you can click the Give button in the top right corner. If you're new to the sermon cast, I invite you to text the word HERE, H-E-R-E, to the phone number 225-307-0662 and fill out a Connect card so that we can get to know you. I'm so glad you joined us today, and I look forward to seeing you next week.